Welcome, friends, to the Star City Podcast, and I'm your host, Brian Smith. Today we have with us again a very special guest and a friend of mine and to others in our church. Her name is Sonia Waters. Uh, Sonia is an Israeli citizen, a Messianic Jewish, and historian who graduated at Cambridge University in England. She's a professional teacher, an international speaker, a tour guide for the state of Israel, and now a published author. She has many who follow her on her teachings on Facebook, The Bible in Israel with Sonia Waters, or you can also find and follow her on her YouTube channel, channel, Sonia Waters at. Well, Sonia, it's great to see you here today. Welcome back. We're going to be talking about uh, something that is a constant Um, mantra in the modern media of today, and it is the accusation that for some reason, somehow, Israel is not justified in being in the land it is or even existing, and the accusation against the Jewish people is that they stole their land. So, listeners, we're going to dive into a very heavy subject. I'm so glad you joined us today. We're going to be looking from a historical perspective, biblical perspective, and others uh, to have the chance to hear and understand uh, what you hardly ever hear being talked about in the public media of today. We're going to push back against this accusation made by so many Muslim nations and other others that Israel is the illegitimate occupier of the very land that God gave to them, when in fact um, those who are called Palestinians, the world says, uh, should be the rightful owners of that land. And so, Sonia, let's jump into it right away. What's your, your first thought uh, yeah. that you want people to hear and understand uh, about this I question? What I would like you to understand is this, that you cannot steal a land that never belonged to you in the first place. And this land never, ever in the history of humanity belonged to the Palestinians. This land was controlled by different nations, uh, uh, by Israel uh, for more than a thousand years, by other nations as well, but never in the history of humankind did it belong to the Palestinians. So you cannot steal a land that doesn't belong to you. That's very good. Very good point. Um, And in fact, uh, in the Bible, the Lord clearly and specifically gave this land to Abraham and his descendants. Exactly. We don't have a deed of, uh, of ownership for America in the Bible or (laughs) any other country, but we do have for this one. Exactly. And that is Israel to the descendants of Abraham, the friend of God. This is the only nation in the world that has come to its own border three times in history. They came back from Egypt in the 12th, 13th century BC. They came back from Babylon in 538 BC. And from the 1800s, the end of the 1800s and 1900s onwards, the Jewish people are literally coming back to the land of Israel from all the nations in plural of the world. 
How can you steal a land that's yours already? Exactly. Or how can you claim that it was stolen from you when you never controlled it or owned it in the first Absolutely. place? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there's something interesting. Uh, in 1917 to 1947, there is uh, uh, the British Mandate. And, yes. and it began to pave the way for a homeland for Jewish people. Yes. Uh, now, a lot of a lot of Americans probably have never even heard about it, but this was really important. Uh, tell us about it. Okay, so what was happening is that in 1917, uh, we have the First World War, and this First World War was fought against the Ottoman Empire. This is one of the countries that was fought against. The Ottoman Empire was collapsing, and the League of Nations, which was called the League of Nations then, before the United Nations was created, the League of Nations decided that what the land called Palestine, which in those days was what is today Israel and Jordan, the land Palestine was for the purpose of creating a national home for the Jewish people. So we have the Balfour Declaration in 1917, and the League of Nations decided to give that land, which was called Palestine, to the British for two purposes. One, to give self-rule to the local population, and two, to create a national home for the Jewish people. Now, what did the British do during the British mandate? They gave most of the land, uh, uh, three Let's say that the land is divided by four. Three parts of it, they were given to the Palestinians to create their own state, and then Jordan was created, and one section of it was going to be for the national home of the Jewish people. Yeah. So the majority so, was given to the Arabs that were living in the land. Absolutely, absolutely. And, of course, it made sense if you're going to give a small part to the Jewish people, give them the land that God gave to Abraham. Exactly. Exactly. So so the Jewish people were quite happy if they were going to have that one-fourth of the land. Yeah? Yes. But what happened was that the Palestinians were not satisfied with the three parts that they received, and they wanted to take that section that was given to the Jewish it, people. It's as if there was no amount of land exactly. that they would have allowed for Israel to have. It's unbelievable. It it's really unbelievable. is. You know, yeah. Sometimes there was an argument that came out a few years ago that, well, they're the Canaanites, which is really silly. What? That the Palestinians. <laughs> the that, Palestinians are not Canaanites. The people group that, yes. that, that uh, uh, Joshua conquered no yeah. longer exist. And there are no Canaanites. And so there's all kinds of different arguments and irrational um, claims upon this land trying to spread confusion in the minds of others about the state of Israel and its legitimacy. And we know who's the author of confusion. Exactly. The devil himself. Exactly. Now, there's another interesting fact that most Americans probably have never heard of either, and that is about in, in... the way that Israel came to be a nation, there were a lot of Jewish people that were buying land. Absolutely. They were legally, before the nation was formed, they had already bought many, many, many acres of land. They were buying back 
the yes. land that was already yes. theirs. T- tell us about that. Yes, they were redeeming the land. They were buying mm. the land from absentees Arab landowners. So these landowners had the land. They were not working it. They were just keeping it. And it was in a disastrous condition. And the Jewish people started to buy the land. First of all, uh, Edmund Rothschild, who's one of the members of the very famous banking family, he bought the whole of the coastal plain uh, from the Arab absentee's landowners. Uh, and uh, it, it was full of malaria and full of swamps and it was disasters. I mean, the Jewish people, as soon as they arrived in the land at the end of the 1800s, 1900s, they received this land and they started working it, yeah? And then in the 1920s, the GNF, the Jewish National Fund, actually bought the whole of the Jezreel Valley that went from the Atlantic Ocean to the Sea of Galilee. All that section actually was bought by the GNF, yeah? So, and then in 1947, Israel started to cultivate uh, the desert. They had 11 settlements in the desert, and therefore the United Nations decided to give the Negev, the desert, to the Jewish people because we were working it. So, we were actually uh, dealing with the land, buying the land long before the state of Israel was created. Yeah, and and really bringing the land back to life, you know. And even to this day, planting trees is another very special emphasis in Israel. Tell us about that. Yes, well, it's fascinating because when the Ottomans were there, which they were there for 400 years, they had a law that said that you would get Um, charge taxes according to how many trees you have in your garden. So what people started to do to cut the trees so they didn't have to pay the taxes, yeah? And very soon, all the area where the Ottomans had control was taken out. The trees were all cut. Mm. It was a desert. It actually became desertic everywhere. Then you had land erosion and everything else from that. Absolutely, absolutely. So as soon as the Jewish people started to come back at the end of the 1800s, beginning of the 1900s, they started collecting money from around the world to plant trees in Israel. Now, you got to come and see it. It's amazing. Every tree that's been planted in Israel has been planted by the Jewish people. And is a Gan Eden. It's a Garden of Eden. Uh, it's so beautiful. Mm, yeah. Yes, it is. And and even, and I've been had the blessing of having gone to Israel several times over the last 25, 30 years. And from my first trip to my most recent trip to Israel. It is exciting to see the flourishing of growth and green yes. trees and yes. grasses and wildflowers. Yes. The desert is blooming Absolutely. in the land of Israel. Absolutely. And this is in the prophet Isaiah who said the desert will bloom. It's also saying that we will plant trees in the desert. And this is exactly what's happening. Right before our eyes. Yes. The largest grove of olive trees in the world is in the northwest corner of the Negev Desert, mm. yeah, and and it's flourishing. It's, it's astonishing what's going on. Now, most of the world is increasing its desert by 10 meters a year, something like that. Israel is going the other way around. 
So in 1948, we have 84% desert. Today, we have 62% desert. Isn't that something? So we are actually increasing the greenery in Israel. Yes. Well, let's quickly fast forward to after World War II. The UN, as you said, partitions the land in 1947. They they uh, carved out a state there for the nation of Israel. The Jews, as thousands of Jewish people who did survive the Holocaust, began moving to Israel. But almost as soon as the country began, uh, the Arab nations tried to destroy the tiny state of Israel, yes. and they were threatening a second Holocaust against the Jewish people. Weren't absolutely, they? absolutely. They inclusive. We we actually declare independence in 1948 on the 14th of May 1948, and the very next day, the 15th of May 1948, five Arab nations come to attack Israel all at the same time. What they were saying, we're going to kick the Jews into the sea. Yeah, And we're just born one day old and we have five Arab nations with equipment, with with war machines and all these kinds of attacking Israel. And we have nothing. We have no weapons. We have nothing. So really it's the Lord who looked after us to be able to stay in the land. There really is only one explanation for Israel, and that is Yahweh. Amen. It is Amen. God himself. Absolutely. And, and I encourage our listeners to, to check out some of the excellent historical documentaries on what took place in the formation of Israel. And it is, uh, were it not true, it would be unbelievable Absolutely. that a nation could survive yeah. the attack that came against it. Well, you, you know, Sonia, uh, if a Christian hears anyone asking the question, uh, have the Jews then stolen their land from the Palestinians, uh, what should they say? You should say that you cannot steal what doesn't belong to you. The land never in the history of humanity belonged to the Palestinians. So therefore, we cannot steal doesn't, that doesn't belong to you. That's right. So it already belonged to Israel. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. Wow, what a great time we've had today. Our time is already gone, though, and I want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us for the Star City Podcast, and be sure to check out Sonia's teachings on Facebook and YouTube, and remember to get a copy of her book, Contested Ownership of Israel. It's available on Amazon in both paperback and ebook. Well, now until we get together again, I'm Brian Smith hoping you'll see the goodness of God by His grace and for His glory in your life today.